You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here, along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Follow us on Twitter, at Husker CuzCast. We are going to finish up our Big Ten West preview tonight. We're going to do an in-depth look at the Cornhuskers. So, yes, this is our Husker season preview, which means kickoff is right around the corner. Uh, Tyler, how excited are you about that? Oh, my God, I'm excited. I got my best whiskey tonight. I got my Oktoberfest. I am ready for the fall. Hey, what is your best whiskey tonight? Kentucky Owl. I haven't heard of that one. I'm drinking Pinhook tonight. Pinhook. What about you, Derek? What are you drinking tonight? Bushlight. Bushlight. I'm shocked. Completely shocked. Derek, are you excited now that we're getting into the Husker season preview? Does a baby go goo? A baby definitely goes goo. (laughs) So uh, we're also going to do our Big Ten West standings later on. Uh, We didn't didn't do that last week with the over-under game, so we will conclude with that. But we got a fun show, guys. We're going to be talking about the offense and defense. We're going to look at areas where we're confident, areas where we're not so confident, and we have a whole bunch of superlatives that we're just going to lay down and just rip through. So uh, I hope this is going to be as much fun as it was preparing for this. So, Derek, why don't you take it over? Uh, start off with the d- offense. All right. So uh, as everybody knows, we have basically every new coach except for tight ends. Uh, we got Mark Whipple as our offense coordinator and uh, new quarterbacks coach. Mickey Joseph as wide receivers coach. Brian Applewhite coming in at running backs coach and Justin's favorite, old Donnie Rayola. Go Donnie. Coach coaching the uh, offensive line. Uh man, we got a lot of we got so many questions on this side of the ball. We got all new we got a bunch of new players transferring in with Casey Thompson, Trey Palmer, Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda, a couple offensive linemen and Kevin Williams and Hunter Anthony coming in. Really really we don't know what to expect out of anybody we're getting in. It's it's all kind of on high hope right now. Is that what Husker fans always do? We ride on high hope. Damn right. Tyler, what do you make of this offense headed into twenty twenty two? Well, I, th- I think Derek said it. I mean, it's a lot of question mark, guys. I think the, the the biggest question mark to me on offense is the marriage of the Mark Whipple offense and the Scott Frost offense. You know, I I. What does our offense look like week one? How many passes are we throwing? What are we going to see in the option game? You know, we've seen a quarterback run be our offense the last two years. What what takes its place? Lots of question marks as far as what we'll actually see on the first Saturday of the season. Are you nervous for what we may see? Or are you kind of confident that we're going to roll out a good product? I'm confident. I, I, I mean... Now, production may be different. I think scheme-wise, I think they got this figured out. I I, I have been a supporter of Scott Frost I, um, as far as offensive schemes. While he does get a little bit, you know, maybe one-dimensional in his play calling, he's not doing that this year. I think scheme-wise, he's done a great job of scheming up some good offense. I think him and Whipple, uh, by all accounts, have been working well together. I think that Frost had a lot to say about bringing Whipple in. He knew what he was getting. I knew He knew what he wanted there. I, I, I do think that marriage is going to work out well. All right, we'll touch on some of these dynamics on the offense a little bit later, but let's get into defense. Tyler. 
Cool. Um, yeah, so not near as much turnover on defense this year. Uh, Eric Schnander's back for the fifth season. Um, you are The biggest change on defense is a new defensive line coach with Mike Dawson t- moving over from just outside backer to coaching the whole defensive line unit. I guess the next biggest change is possibly a change formally from 3-4 to 4-3. Um, I say that with my high-pitched voice because a little bit to be determined there. Uh, but Eric Shenander has been the definition of getting better as every year. He, he went from year one, 88th in total uh, scoring defense to 67th to 65th uh, to last year, 36. Now, he is going to be doing it this year without some key components from last year. Uh, we lose Cam Taylor-Britt, JoJo Doatman, Deontay Williams, Ben Stilley, and Damian Daniels. Uh, we do bring in a couple big-time transfers in Tommy Hill, Stephen Wynn, and O'Shawn Mathis. Um, but when you look at this defense, it's completely led by our inside backer group of Luke Reimers and Nick Henrik. Um, you know, they, they both finished top 10 in uh, tackles in the Big Ten. And we're going to see a dynamic pass rush with Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, and O'Shawn Mathis. A lot of things to be really excited about on this defense. Derek, are you excited for this defense? Absolutely I am. But I have to say, Tyler... For uh, not having much turnover. That sounds like a lot of turnover to me. Coaching staff. Coaching staff Not turnover. coaching staff. But, okay, I, I guess I misunderstood what you were saying. I thought you were talking about player players as well, I guess. But it sounds like there's a lot of new players in there. Uh, a lot of experienced players, though, uh, for the most part. Uh, and you're right. I, 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 you, anybody who doesn't love the duo of Garrett Nelson and O'Shawn Mathis if that, if that duo doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. Uh, then you add Caleb Tanner into the mix, uh, Luke Reimer and, and Nick Henrik, great great linebackers there. And we've got the best depth that we've had ever probably at, well, maybe not ever, but at least in the Scott Frost era at linebacker, finally. We're finally starting to see some depth there. So there's a lot to be excited about on this defense. Yeah, well, and then on defense, sorry, Justin, but like even before the Scott Frost regime, like until you go back to 2013, Nebraska has been dominated by offense. You had that second 2016 with Mark Banker where we had a really good defense along with a pretty good offense, and then last year. But it's been an offensive year every single year. Guys, this is the first year I think that we actually are a truly dependent defensive led team. Do you that s- might be my that might be my first hot take of the night. But so I think we you are, mean that the defense is going to have to carry the offense this year? Is that what you're saying? I think this will be the first year that our defense is going to be definitively better than our offense. Not that our offense is going to be bad. It's not going to be 2009 Nebraska bad. It, you know, when you had the Zach Lee Express and that Zach of offense. But I think we're going to see our defense definitively better than our offense. Interesting. Derek, what do you think about that? Man, I I hope you're right, Tyler. I I, I, I here's my here's my take on this. I, I don't know if they'll be better, except for in key areas. I like turnovers. I think will be better. I, I and I think that's going to be a huge factor. Uh, sacks. I think we're going to be much better, and that's why I think we'll be better with turnovers because uh, because the pressure we're going to create on on quarterbacks. Uh, but stopping the run, I don't know if we're going to be as good at stopping the run. I'm not so sure that there's not going to be bigger plays on us than there were last year. And scoring, I'm hoping to be at least the same or better. Well, the track record is every year we get a little bit better. So, 
I mean, what? Yeah, you, but this is probably good? the most. This is probably the most we've had to replace on defense too. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me uh, give a quick rundown on special teams here. As we all know, special teams has been a disaster under Scott Frost. Uh, last year, it was terrible, ranked towards the bottom, like 129th in uh, FBS football and special teams production. You know, Connor Culp, that kicker who was so great for us in 2020, you know, an all-Big Ten caliber kicker, he struggled 6-for-12 at field goals, and he was 1-for-5 one uh, one from 30 to the 50-yard line, which is insane, which is even more insane. He was like 2-for-3, from 50 plus, so whatever that was. But that's been a disaster. What did we do this year? Well, Scott Frost did one great thing. He finally got a special teams coordinator, a dedicated guy that actually knows special teams. Uh, Tyler, you never thought it was needed, <laughs> but here we have it. And then they went out and they got uh, a kicker, Timmy Bleak Road out of Furman who's a solid kicker. And then they got the Montana punter of the year, Brian Buscini. They didn't stop there at those positions. They went out and got a couple of transfers that can help in the return game in Tommy Hill out of Arizona State and Trey Palmer out of LSU. We all know what Trey Palmer did at LSU. I mean, he's, he's has some returns for touchdowns. So solid there. Tommy Hill, he's showing his promise. So things are going up. And if you hear... If you listen to Bill Bush talk about special teams, it's obvious that he knows what he's talking about. The level of detail and the amount of preparation that he goes into all of the drills. He's talking today, you know, about you know practicing in uh, with wet footballs, you know, uh, kicking with, in wet grass, uh, even returning punts where the sun is and in the lights. I mean, this guy's doing his homework, and I don't know if we've ever had that from a special teams you know, I quote coach at Nebraska under the Scott Frost era. So it is damn sure looking promising. We've always said on this show is like, if we can just get to average, we're going to be, we're going to win some games. We're going to be good. But I tell you what, I firmly believe that the special teams, what they're putting together is going to, it's going to be really good. You know, we're, we're not going to see any more of these walk-ons and, uh, guys on special teams where you see on kickoffs or kickoff returns, uh, some number will make a uh, play. You're like, who, who the hell is that guy? You know, I think we're going to know all of the players because they're going to have starters. They're going to have guys that are the two deep, whole bunch of guys that you have heard of. You know, you're not going to need a roster to find these guys. And I don't know what's taken so long to have this mentality about putting, uh, you know, your best players on special teams. But it sounds like we're going to do it, and I think the sky's the limit there. Uh, Tyler? Well, I mean, you, you hit a lot of that. You, one of the key components you missed was Anthony Grant. Um, he's obviously going to be playing some running back from us. Sounds like he is going to be a huge part of the kick return game. But, Justin, you're right about the guys that are going to be playing. I mean, the names that you're hearing that are possibly playing just coverage in, like, Ramir Johnson and, like, that guy was our starting running back last year, and you're looking at him possibly taking snaps at a gunner position. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, they are going to be bringing out there. And I will say, I think part of this comes into the, finally, this roster. Derek, you mentioned this with the linebackers. Like, we're finally in a position where, yeah, you can play some starters because if one of those guys go down, you actually have depth at almost every position now. And you can actually afford, like, 
yeah, if 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 you lose a uh, Jamari Butler, like he's a guy that probably would have started a year or two ago, and he's a quality depth guy now. So the depth of this roster is getting so much better, which I think allows the flexibility to play these guys on special teams with no fear. Derek, how do you feel about special teams? Well, I agree with what Tyler just said, but but I also bring this. I just you talk about hiring a special teams coordinator, and I think it wasn't so much about hiring a special teams coordinator as much as it was hiring the right special teams coordinator. Because going out and getting another Bruce Reed wasn't going to do a damn thing for us. It was going to get the right guy, and I think Scott Frost did that very much with with uh, Bill Bush. I, I think he he was a great special teams coordinator for us under under Bill Callahan, and I, I think he'll do a good job again. Uh, you hope to see some aggressiveness, but I, I, here's my question for you guys. Uh, what was more important, going out and getting better returners or actually finding a blocking scheme to get returners places to run? Oh, that, I mean, they're e- they're equal. You can't do one without the other. I mean, you have to have I, I a blocking I, I scheme think, I think to the scheme, have I think a return, the, but you need I a guy that scheme, can do that. But I think the scheme is much more important. You're going to have to find a scheme where you can get some holes for these athletes to make it through. I mean, we've had we've had guys that should have been able to make some returns that I mean never had any holes. Like they were hit as soon as they catch a ball. Half well, the time. I mean, I don't know. I mean, not to knock Oliver Martin, but he was supposedly our best return man last year in the punts, and he, I mean. I, it wasn't a matter was of him being the service. best. He, he he was the most consistent, knowing he wasn't going to fumble the damn ball. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think we got to, I think we got to a point last year of special teams after the Cam Taylor Britt fiasco that Frost was like, "Just don't fuck up. Just don't mess up right now. Like we don't need a big play. Just just, just don't turn don't, it over. Just don't turn it yeah. over." I, because Oliver so, Martin wasn't healthy. I mean, like by all accounts, the guy wasn't healthy most of last year. He didn't play hardly any more at wide receiver. He was a fair catcher. Like that's what he went back down there to do. But you know, that's uh, he's not an anomaly. I think he got, just like he's got the year. bad I mean, rap all through the Scott Frost era. It was bad returns or I mean, we, not well. Good let's face it, we haven't had good returns since 2014 when we had. Uh, DPE out back there, and, and it was Bo Pelini coaching him. Because yeah. he wasn't near the returner under Riley as he was Bill Bo Pelini. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, all that's in the past, but looking forward, I really like where our special teams, where they're headed, and uh, I think that's going to be huge for the success of this team. Uh, so let's talk about, building off of that, let's talk about other areas where we're most confident here. Uh, Derek, Give us one of yours. Uh, well, I already kind of touched on it, but uh, it, it's linebackers, guys. Like, I, I think this is – I think first off, I think that we have maybe one of the best linebacking duos in the Big Ten and Nick Henrich and Luke Reimer. I think those two guys are as solid as could be. And, man, I was looking up some stats for Luke Reimer. I, I, want, I want people to understand how good this guy was last year. Play him while he was hurt. Not only did he have the 109 tackles that we all know of, he also caused three fumbles. He had six pass breakups, three quarterback hurries, six tackles for loss, a sack, and an, inter- and an interception. Like, this guy was doing everything as a linebacker. Yeah. And Henrich wasn't a slouch either. I mean, the guy had 99 tackles, three quarterback hurries. He didn't do as good as for tackles for loss and, and sacks, but... 
I, guys, I, I really believe this is probably the best we've seen at at our linebacker position in a long time. And then I'm not. And then you get past them, and you're talking about getting uh, a two a, a Tiva Mauga Clements. I can never say his name quite right. Garrett Snodgrass and Ernest Hausman coming in. Like I'm excited to see these guys play. I, Clements had a, to me a great spring. I, I, we talked about him after the spring game of how impressed we all were with what he was doing. Yeah, and so I'm excited to see what he can do in games. Uh, and I think Garrett Snodgrass and Ernest Hausman are going to come in, and I mean, it's going to be so it's going to be so crazy to see what we can do with fresh linebackers throughout a whole season. Well, and Barrett Rude, he's he. He has even gone on record in one of his uh, pressers saying that he wants to rotate a little bit more. He didn't get to do as much of it as as he wanted last year because guys were still a year away. But uh, you know, I've got if we can get some fresh legs in there, especially late in the year when uh, the schedule gets really tough, that's going to go a long way for those guys. You know, take some pressure off. Well, Armour I, 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 I. I guess what you're really hoping for is you can rotate so much more during the season. So when you get late in the year that's and you're not, playing yeah, with Wisconsin, uh, yeah, then, then maybe you don't have to rotate so much. But it's nice to know that you can still. Yeah, Tyler, what do you have on linebackers here? Well, I I, I think I mean I, I love that take, Derek, about rotation and not having too late in the year because I I agree with the Rhymers, Henrik. I mean to put it in a little bit more perspective, not only did I mention earlier they both led our top ten in Big Ten in tackles. Last year was Luke Reimer's really first full year playing. He played six games in 2020 and missed some time from injuries. Uh, Henrik was an outside backer the year before and barely took any snaps. So, I mean, like, this was their first real crack at it. You would assume a sizable uh, development year for both of these guys. And then you talk about the depth and you hit a lot of the name. One name I just feel like we need to put in there is Randolph Kapai. Um, right now he's a little bit undersized, but by all accounts, the guy's been beefing up and he's another guy that, you know, you talk about that depth. Um, it wouldn't shock me. Um, I don't know how that, the, the two depth is going to ramp, um, the fourth linebacker spot, I guess is going to wrap up. He's a name that I wouldn't put it past if he gets it. Um, you know, Snodgrass, uh, Hosman and Kapaya to me are all three of those guys are fighting for that fourth linebacker spot. Um, yeah, it, it's. It is really a strength of this team. Is Kapai your like second hot take of the episode so far? I, I mean, I did. I, I didn't really think that was a hot take. I, I mean, he he was Snodgrass was injured a lot in the spring. Kapai got a lot of love there. Um, you know, it's it's. I mean, do you consider a four star linebacker uh, a hot take? I, I mean, I don't know. Is that? I, I just haven't heard much about him playing. Not like I have uh, Ernest Hausman. I mean, he, he, he he's seems, a true freshman, and it sounds like he's going to play. He, it seems like he has moved into that fourth spot. Like, the, if I had a bet, that's the guy I'd put a dollar on. But You'd put Kapai it, it, in there over? No, I'd, I'd put Hausman okay. at, at number four, if I had to put a dollar on it. But again, Snodgrass wouldn't be a bad take, and I think Kapai is definitely in that conversation. Okay. I, I mean, I think he'll. I think he'll be a really talk about special teams. I, I think you'll see a good special teams year from him. Um, yeah. All right, uh, Tyler. Let's give us another area that you're most confident in. I mean, it's the pass rush, guys. I mean, to me, this is the most excited I have been about any defensive unit that says Adama Kinsu was in Lincoln. 
And it doesn't mean it's going to be the best thing since him. Obviously, Levante David had some great success, and we've had some good black shirts. But th- this unit is so exciting, and it starts with Garrett Nelson. We have talked about him on this podcast. This guy is everything you want in a Husker, but he also had the stats to back it up. Last year, he had 11 and a half tackles for loss and five sacks. He's being accompanied by a couple other really solid pass rushers in Caleb Tanner, uh, who had a really, really good season in his own right with three and a half tackle or five and a half tackles for loss and a couple sacks. Ty Robinson, who had four tackles for loss and two sacks. And then, oh, not to mention, we bring in O'Shawn Mathison, who in his career has had 26 tackles for loss and 12 and a half sacks. So the guy has definitely been the pass rusher. He's been legit. And then you get to the depth. Blaine Gunnerson, Jamiar Butler. I've called it the NASCAR package. I expect to see four of these guys on the field in pass rushing. And if you don't like the NASCAR package or you don't get it, it's, it's a throwback to the Giants when they beat the Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That's what they ran. They put four DNs on the field and ran after quarterbacks. Man, I, I, I think we could see some of that when we look at the Huskers this year. But regardless, this pass rush is going to be really tough for teams to defend. Derek, uh, I can't. I don't know who owes who money here, but Tyler said the NASCAR package. <laughs> you know, we knew he would say that in this episode. That's his favorite thing. We'll probably hear this all year, but uh, I think we should drink just because he said it. So let's drink. Wait, you, you wait till the first Big Ten game. Wait, wait till one of these announcers jump on it. Wait, wait till they say. This is room. This is like a NASCAR package. Just running up the field. I will take a shot if that happens. Let's drink now. Yeah, I mean you're right. That pass rush is amazing. I mean, uh, the guys that they brought in, and this is going. You know, what, one of the biggest critiques of Shenander uh, was, you know, we didn't, never had a true pass rusher, uh, but now, god dang it. We got three guys, right, Tyler? Three guys? Yeah, I would say Caleb Tanner, O'Shawn Mathis, and Garrett Nelson are all legit pass rushers. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be insane. And, you know, and what is that going to do? Is That's gonna that's probably going to open up linebackers uh, to get to the quarterback also if, if offenses are going to have to block those three guys or – Two of those guys out there, there's going to be some great lanes. There's going to be some great opportunities that O'Shawn Mathis and Garrett Nelson will create that other people can get to the quarterback. So we'll have several sacks this year. I mean, last year the sack output was shit, but uh, we can easily double it. Uh, Derek, what what do you think about the pass rush? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, you talk about... I won't even go into the the, the big guys because you've we've already talked about them. I want to talk about Blaze Gunnerson and Jamari Butler. Like when those two are your are your backup guys, you're you're sitting pretty damn well. And and here here's my other thing, Tyler. You kind of talked about Ty Robinson, but if if everybody's double teaming O'Shawn Mathis and Garrett Nelson trying to slow down that pass rush. You're going to have a lot of one-on-ones for Ty Robinson and Nash Hutmacher and uh, Stefan Wynn and Devin Drew, uh, whoever else makes their way into that rotation for the interior D-line. D and I, I I tell you what, I like our chances with Ty Robinson and Nash Hutmacher if they're sitting on one-on-one situations. Yeah, I, yeah I'm with you on I, I 
there is no Husker right now that is being more slept on than Ty Robinson, in my opinion. Like, he, he is a guy that I fully expect could be all-conference at the end of the season. Um, I And I think he will put up some sacks. I think he will put up some pass rush. He, he won't be our leading guy. I mean, I... We'll do it. We do. That's one of our superlatives later, so I won't give mine away. But like, he, I think he'll be playing in the backfield some. And I mean, he did a little bit last year. Uh, he, he again, but I, I expect a lot more from him this year. True. All right. Uh, the third area that uh, I'm most confident. In, I'm going to throw out running backs here. Uh, look, we we don't have a proven bell cow uh, out of that running back crew, but you know, there's three guys right there that I think that could start. And uh, I'd be comfortable with any of those three starting, and that's Gabe Irvin, Ramir Johnson, and Anthony Grant. Some may want to throw uh, Jockey Ant in there, and they can. Uh, so if you want to say three or four deep, but uh, it's kind of like Minnesota last year, you know, with Mo Abraham and Trey Potts, and they had a couple of injuries. They just kept reloading talent. I think that's very similar to what Nebraska can do this year. I mean, just we have a whole bunch of guys that are so ta- that have enough talent where uh, I mean, it's almost like a plug and play. And I think that's going to be a strength if the offensive line does its job and creates some holes for these guys to run. I mean, I- I'm comfortable with anybody. So if you were to ask me who do I want to start yeah, running back, I mean, I don't really have a preference because I'm comfortable with any of these guys here. Uh, Derek, what do you think about the running backs? I, you love them. I mean, I, and I am in the Jock Hesjant uh, bandwagon. I, I think he is going to get plenty of playing time. I don't think he's going to get left out in the cold. Uh, they say he's in the best sh- shape of his life. And if, I mean, I was impressed with him last year. He averaged over six yards a carry last year. And I, granted, a lot of that came in the Northwestern game, but. I mean, I, I like the guy. I, I think he can do a lot of good things. I don't think he's probably your every down back, but there's definitely some situations where you're going, hey, bruiser, get in there. Yeah, Tyler? Well, and, and I think Yant's quick. I think he's underrated speed-wise. I mean, he. I remember looking at him at a pregame workout last year when he wasn't in the best shape of his life. And I know right now everyone's in the best shape of their lives and everyone's the best they've ever been. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> I, and I get that. That's that's kind of the way it is right now. But what I will say um, is, is, like, I mean, you see the pictures of practice. He looks better than last year as far as lean. And he's still huge. And, Justin, you named a lot of running backs. One name you left off with A.J. Allen. And, and what his role is or is there a role for him is to be determined. But there's a lot of pub coming out of him at fall camp. He was a four-star running back. There's no reason why he can't break it. But, I mean, you, you talk about running backs, and I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Like, this is the best running back crew that Scott Frost has had his time in Lincoln. There, there is no doubt about it. Now, I do still think where this team makes up in depth, which is great, that we're going to be able to handle injuries. We're not going to have to go to Brody Belt starting at running back again this year. Like, we're past that dark ages. Or bring a wide I, I, receiver in to play quarterback yeah, or running back. Wondell Robinson. We're not going to have to move uh, Alante Brown to take running back snaps. We're not going to have to do something like that. So we have definitely moved forward there. I still do want to see a little bit more top end. That That is still a little bit of a question mark for me. Like, do we have that guy? Do we have an all-conference caliber backfield? Or do we just have a lot of really good depth? 
I don't know. It's a little bit of a question mark for me. Um, well, Tyler, do you I, think I, Mark Whipple in a Mark Whipple offense he's going to, going to allow a bell cow out of that running back room? Or it sounds like a, he wants even to one, run punch. three guys, even, right? Even like a really good one-two punch. Like I, I just I don't know if I'm like buying in that we're especially when we get into the weaknesses. I just don't know if we're quite strong enough at that position to maybe beat out some of our weaknesses on the team. Um, I, I, I think we still might be a year away from that. But again, with all those things said, um, I mean, when you're the best you've been at a position in, you know, over a half a decade, I mean, that's still nothing to poo-poo. Like, that's still a really good spot to be in. Yeah. I, mean, I was trying to think back the last time I felt, like, better about a running back core. And, I mean, obviously Amir Abdullah was... I felt better, but after him, like I feel like this is probably the best we've been at running back. So again, not we're not Minnesota, we're not Wisconsin, we're not those top teams, but you know probably not even Illinois Northwestern. But like I, I think we are definitely bringing more to the table that we have brought in in a long time. I agree. I agree. Uh, Derek, do you have anything to add there? No, I. Let's let's do it. Let's right. get let's get these guys going. I want to see them run. All right, so let's move to areas where we're least confident. Uh, Tyler, let's start with you. Well, I kind of alluded to it. Um, offensive line, uh, guys. This this was not a good unit last year. Um, it failed to impress all of last year. In my opinion, we lost our two best offensive linemen. You could argue our three biggest with Newelli going out uh, within suspension. Um. You know, two of the guys you really have leaned on or you think are going to be two of your premier guys in Turner Corcoran and Teddy Prohaska both dealt with injuries in the spring. Um, both have had a little bit of mixed reports this fall camp. I, I guess if there's a silver lining here, I'm just hoping that our pass rush is this good. And when you're playing against that, like I'm hoping, I, I'm, I'm going to say it, I, I, I should be shunned, but I'm hoping iron sharpens iron. Uh <laughs> And it, it, it is it is making it better. And I do also look at our running backs last year. I remember how negative we were on our running backs last year. And while it wasn't a great unit, it definitely exceeded expectations. And and again, I just would like to see our offensive line exceed expectations because they're really, really low. And I hope they are not met. Derek? Which is why I think they will exceed expectations because the expectations are so low. And 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 I I'm going to go with go out on a limb and say that what Scott Frost said and I and I do believe this to be true that with the running backs we have they can make that running back that offensive line look a little better than maybe what they are. Well, I mean that's kind of what uh, Adrian Martinez did to an extent with, with the way that he ran. I mean he kind of made up for a lot of the holes, uh, the weaknesses of the offensive line with his running ability. I don't so, believe that Casey not, Thompson is going to be running. I mean, he may have to run for his life at times, but there's not going to be any. Uh, I, I don't know how many, you know, called quarterback runs that we're going to do with Casey Mar- uh, Casey Thompson. I mean, two or three a game. Tyler, do you have a thought on that? Well, I, I don't know about that, but I think one thing you're underrating with Casey Thompson is, I mean, when you l- listen to the scouting report coming in, one of the things that came out was his pocket presence and his ability to avoid the pass rush. Like, that, that is something that is one of his highest marks. Um, so, yes, he won't look like Adrian. He won't elude tackles and drag out an 80-yard touchdown run and just ch- flip a game like that. 
but can he extend a play, get out of the pocket, hit a wide receiver for a touchdown? Like, I think he is more than capable of being that kind of guy. Um, so, yeah, I think that our quarterback is very, very suited for our offensive line. Um, I think he can make them kind of help along with the running backs. Yeah. Derek? Well, you know, I I seen one of the one of the uh, offensive linemen made the comment, and I, I never really gave much thought to this before, but they they talked about how much easier it was going to be to block for Casey Thompson because they always knew where he was at, where Adrian Martinez was always scr- scrambling around. They weren't really always sure where to block for him, so you kind of wonder if maybe there's some truth to that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he was he would run for his life. <laughs> But but there were a lot of times it seemed like he would take off even when he had a, a good pass block yeah. going for him. I mean, he never stood still for very long. Well, and also I think it was like it, with Adrian, it seemed like it was one read, two reads run. Yeah. Like he he, I, I I think it's an understatement to say he didn't get through progressions. Uh, well, I, his I think, check down was his legs. That was his yeah, check I mean, down. That, that, that was his check down, and he he didn't have that ability. And I think Casey Thompson. Again, another strength of him will help this offensive line about be able to hit that checkdown guy, and you know he can hit those intermediate short passes where Adrian kind of struggled with those, and you know you, that that will help a little bit with this offensive line too. And again, I, I will also say this with the offensive line too: it's a weird group this year because if you want to look at projected starters, we're starting proje- possibly two six-year seniors. I mean, these are grown-ass men and Trent Hickson and Brock Vando. And then you're starting three guys that in, potentially, Ben Hart, Corcoran, and Prosca that were all really high recruits. So it is an interesting dynamic um, that I, I, I has the makings of actually turning out to be a pretty good group when it's all said and done. Um, but it's just it, prove-it mode. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's hard to believe it and... There hasn't been a lot of the the reviews out of camp that make you feel like yeah. if you haven't been following it day in day out, like it seems like Prohaska's rusty, yeah, and Corcoran's been injured, and the pass rush in particular has just definitely got the best of them. Yeah, and you, you look at guys, you know, the six year guys like Trent Hickson and Brock Bando. I mean, they have not, you know, Trent Hickson. He kind of made a mark a few years ago with uh, some starts, but. He's been off the radar for a while, and it's, it almost makes it seem like with where the, where we are at depth right now and who we have on the roster, I mean, those guys are just filling in the spot because we need a guy there. It's just like, I, you know, don't want to bash him until we actually see him in game time, but it feels it kind of feels just like it's like they're, they're the only body to fill that hole. And who knows what this offensive line is going to look like Mid-season. Oh, yeah. Is it gonna, Is the lineup going to change mid-season? And I, I could probably see that uh, the, 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 whoever starts against Northwestern, they will not be the starters by the time we get to, say, Indiana or Purdue or something. I mean, you talk about center, but the guy backed him up is Ethan Piper, who's another guy who's had plenty of starts under his belt. And you kind of wonder if maybe – I mean, I know he kind of took a step back last year, had a bit of a sophomore slump-ish type of year. Uh, but you wonder if maybe maybe he can overtake him by some point in the season. Well, it's it's tough. He has potential. He has potential to be a good blocker. It's it's tough shoes to fill anyway because you're taking over for a guy that played center that was drafted in the second round of the NFL draft. You know, I mean that's 
it's it's big shoes to fill right there. So uh, and right now, my my only thing for center is let's see some good snaps. Let's see some good, good God. snaps. And, let's know. not let's not have uh, Cam Jurgens two point in his first two years. Well, he's Cam Jurgens. He could block his ass off, and he had a motor. I mean, <laughs> he was going to block somebody and knock him down. He did, but you were about guaranteed a turnover every game too. Yeah, I mean, shoot. How we 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 all thought at one time it was like it would be best to move him to guard, but yeah, yeah, we were dead wrong on that one. Yeah, god dang, you mean we don't know any talent? <laughs> well, I, I I will say this is Shocked. hopefully this is another area wrong. Just you barely hit on this with depth. That's another thing about this offensive line. When you look at this roster, a lot of positions are like, yeah, I feel good if an injury happens. I mean, when I look at the guys, there's about three linemen that I'm like, okay, I, I, I could see it. Ethan Piper's one of them. Kevin Williams is another. Um, you know, Brant Banks is another name. And But it, it gets to a point, it's like, man, if you get a couple injuries on this offensive line, it, it could... I mean, that, you're, you're leaving Hunter Anthony out of there too, though. I, I mean, I, I, I get, I just, don't I kind of get the impression that. the coaches are leaving Hunter Anthony out of the conversation <laughs> too, though. So, I mean, that, well, I think I mean, that's fair by Tyler because we haven't heard much about Hunter Anthony. Uh, well, of course, twenty four seven, they have him backing up uh, one of the tackle spots. Well, they have to put in a guy for the backup. I mean, yeah, but I mean, what, what I'm saying though is, I mean, he started like nine games last year for. Uh, Oklahoma State. It's not like he's just a slouch. I don't think he did start that much. I mean, he started like when they did like the double tight end sets or something. But I think he played. I, I think Derek tried. I think he did get a, a significant amount of reps. I, I, I don't know about. I don't know about. Core twenty four set. Core twenty four seventy had nine starts last year. Hmm. I, again, I. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I will say this. Again, that, that that is a. I think we're about to get to another position. I feel worried about depth, but. Offensive line, I, I I don't love a lot of our starting pieces. They're intriguing, but our depth is really where it starts to fall apart for me. Yeah. All right, uh, Derek, why don't you give us uh, your area of least confidence? Uh, I'm gonna go with tight ends, uh, guys. I I I'm not. I don't want. I don't want crap on Travis Vocal because I think he's probably a pretty good tight end. Uh, I think we have yet to see what he can do. Uh, but I, I really haven't been overly impressed with what he's done so far. And he's our only guy. Like, behind him, I mean, you got Hickman, who has battled injuries since he's been here. So you wonder if he could ever stay healthy. Uh, Borkercher, I mean, I, I, the guy had two receptions for 14 yards last year. Uh, Chancellor Brewington had three three receptions for 20 yards last year. He did have a touchdown, I guess. If Fedoni was healthy, maybe I could feel a little more confident in this group. But even him, like, we don't know what we're getting out of him. We, none, none of us have really seen enough out of him to really know what he's going to bring to the field. He can run You're, stairs like anybody. I mean, he's that a is monster true. That is true. stair runner. I, and if those guys aren't the guys, I'm not you're looking at relying on all freshmen or redshirt freshmen and Chase Androff, James Carney, A.J. Rollins, and Brody Tagaloa. Tagaloa. I just I, they're all young. I don't I don't know that you got much depth there. I mean, if Travis Volklek, God forbid, were to go down, I don't I don't know what you bring out for tight end. That's a good point. That is a great point. Uh, Tyler, your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I well, I, I will say I agree and I disagree, Derek. I, I actually like Travis Vokalek. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying old, I don't like him. I just, I, I'm old enough to remember this time last year, and and, and there was some like takes, man. How much two tight ends set are we gonna run? Like, are we gonna really see primarily two tight ends? Because it, it wasn't a large gap at this time last year with Austin Allen and Travis Vokalek, and then he gets injured, and you know, last year doesn't really turn out. Um, where you are right is depth. I like Chancellor Brewington. I think he is an intriguing guy. AJ Rollins is, I think, a good prospect, but is not the guy you want for number two tight end. Not in 2022. And, and not 2022, certainly. And then without Chris Hickman, without Thomas Fedoni, which I'm not saying we're going without. I don't think the coaches have said that, but Fedoni, it sounds like it's more probable than not that you're not going to see him for the first half of the season. And Hickman has been injured in a walking boot. So I, I don't know if he will be ready for Ireland. So it, it is, and he hasn't been healthy, like to your point, Derek, you said it really well. He hasn't been healthy his whole time here. So it's hard to think that he's going to turn that corner when he's already been banged up. Um, well, and, and there's your there issue right there. Like Travis Volkolek has already battled injuries. And Say what you want. He had 11, rece- 11 receptions for 127 yards and no touchdowns last year. In, in seven games. I mean, it wasn't – I mean, he didn't play – He averaged, a, what, a catch and a half a game? He, he's far from what Austin Allen was in my I, Again, I don't, I don't remember what his snaps came in. I don't know how many snaps he ended up getting last year. Um, I, I don't remember him on the field a lot. In fact, yeah. I would I would bet that Chancellor Brewington took more snaps than him, or about as many as Vokalek. I have not remember seeing Vokalek on the field a ton. Well, Austin, it was Austin Allen's show. It really was last year. I mean, it was. I mean, he didn't get there was his, no two tight end sets. There was rarely were we in two tight end sets. Right, and, and we're not going to. I don't think we're going to see that under Mark Whipple. I really don't. Not this year. No, certainly. I don't know about ever, but certainly not this yeah. year. I mean, he he. Mark Whipple wants to get his playmakers on the field and shoot. There may be a lot of there you, may you be may, a lot of uh, you. Uh, you may see it in some goal line stands where sure, you know, but sitting there on the half yard line, you're just trying to punch it in. But there's a good possibility that like there's going to be a lot of sets where there's no tight ends involved any on the field at all. Well. I, I will say this on the tight ends. One thing I do like about this group, I know this is a concern. I do like them as blockers. I think Travis Vokalek is a, probably a, as good a blocker, if not better, than Austin Allen was. Yeah. And again, we just kind of talked about pass. Uh, I mean, m- maybe it's not the worst thing to have a six lineman in the game. Chancellor Brewington showed he could block some last year. So again, you know, may, maybe having yeah, and that he, extra he's come out And Brewington has come out and saying he does not want to be just a blocker this year. Like he wants to make a name for himself. Huh? Well, so, so maybe he is the guy. I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind him just being a blocker. I mean, let's let's keep Casey Thompson <laughs> upright here, guys. Throw, throw him a ball or two a game and just uh, keep him happy. But you know, yeah, start but... knocking people's dicks in the dirts. You know. So, uh, all right, uh, I'm going to move on to the third area of least confident. Mine is going to be the secondary guys. Uh, you know. Tyler, you talked earlier, you know, we lost Cam Taylor-Britt, Deontay Williams, Markel Dismook. Those were some studs that we had in the secondary. But outside of Quentin Newsom this year, uh, 
the group that will be filling in, they're pretty light on experience. But I guess if there's a positive that you can take away from it is they probably have the best coach on this staff coaching the secondary in Travis Fisher. I think he's probably the best assistant. So he's going to make some of these younger guys look great. Uh, Quentin Newsom, he's going to be a lock for a starter. And then you have that battle at the other corner. It's probably going to be Tommy Hill, who's uh, you know a sophomore uh, out of Arizona State. Braxton Clark, he gives you that added experience. And I will say that I was really high on Braxton Clark last year. You know, headed into the season with his body in the frame, but to me, he did have a letdown season. So I'm I'm not shocked if Tommy Hill does pass him this year, but he's a guy that does have experience. When you move over to the safety, Miles Farmer, uh, Miles Farmer, he had a good experience a couple of years ago. Uh, the game that he f- came in for uh, the targeting and had a couple interceptions, uh, but. He was lightly used last year. Uh, Marquez Buford, another guy that's probably going to start. I mean, light on experience. The third safety that probably is going to be in the rotation, Omar uh, Omar Brown, played a lot at Northern Iowa, you know, 1AA. Not against this level of competition, so this is going to be new. I do worry about the experience overall for this whole group. There's a lot that uh, they're taking over for. I mean, our secondary was our strong suit last year with those guys that we were talking about. I just, it is a concern for me. Am I exaggerating, Derek? No, you're not. Uh, There's definitely some concern there. I I think Miles Farmer's a little more experienced than you're giving him credit for. Seems like Deontay Williams missed about 10 games for targeting. (laughs) Uh, You know... He got a lot of playing time, I thought, especially uh, the year before last until he got hurt. Um, I look forward to see what he can do, being healthy and being uh, the go-to go-to starter. I, I, I do think that guy's a stud. Uh, but it's got to give you a little bit of warm and fuzzy when Shenander's sitting there telling you he's got five safeties he thinks he can march out on the field. I mean – is that kind of like when, you know, wide receiver coaches say they have eight or nine no, guys? No, 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 It's It's not like that at all because Schneider's not the type of guy that comes out and says that stuff. I don't remember Schneider ever coming out and saying, well, I got this many guys I, I would feel comfortable putting in. That's not Schneider's style. Hey? So when Schneider says something like that, I tend to believe him. Okay. Tanner, your your take. Yeah, I, I, to kind of your question, I don't know if you were overreacted. I will say this on safety. Miles Farmer is intriguing. I, I think he could be good. Um, the guy that I'm actually most intrigued with at safety is Omar Brown. Uh, Derek, you mentioned earlier with turnovers. This guy obviously has the most interceptions in his career of any of our players. I do wonder if he could overtake one of those positions. Um, I do like the depth at safety. Um, again, Another position I feel depth about is good. The position I don't like depth is corner. Like I, I sat there and said, "Who is going to be if we had to have a fourth corner? Who is that guy?" And it it is not a pretty picture if we have to go down that room. I mean, look at Tatum Lynam as a possibility. 
Maybe true freshman Jaden Gold. Maybe he. It sounds oh, like you, he's been playing both. Maybe Tyreek Johnson actually plays. You can always move Omar Brown back out there too, if worst case were to come. Unless he eventually gets starting safety spot, uh, which I don't. He's not. I don't. Think, I think Justin, you're right. I think Marcus Buford and Miles Farmer are going to be your starting safeties to start the year. I again, I I think this secondary. When, when you look at what this pass rush could do, I think the secondary is more than serviceable to get the job done. What Where this concern with the secondary really comes into play is if we're wrong on the pass rush. like Because I, I do think the secondary, again, saying an average secondary sounds like demeaning to them, but like that's fine. I think we're an average secondary. But if this that's going to be a problem if our pass rush isn't elite. If it's not one of the best in the Big Ten, like that's where this falls apart a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you know, and again, fortunately, I guess if you're going to be fortunate, like what is the receiver tandem in the Big Ten we're going to face that you're like that's going to be a mismatch for this secondary? Because I looked at that schedule, and I mean, I don't see it. I don't see that team that's like, yeah, they're they're going to blow the pants off of our wide receivers. I mean, we we avoid Maryland. We avoid Ohio State. Like, I mean. You think Oklahoma's going to have good wide receivers? I think Oklahoma will have good wide receivers. I, I I mean, we'll get to the schedule breakdown in a minute. Minnesota will be a little bit. Purdue, will, I'm sure, will be fine. I just, I think, I, I just, I think that we avoid a couple of the big leagues when it comes to wide receiver mismatches in the Big Ten, which, again, kind of helps our secondary uh, a lot. Okay, that's fair. All right. And, and I do think Quentin Newsom, just last note, I think him and Tommy Hill, I, it, and even I'll throw back to Clark, I think that that is a pretty good trio. I, I think that that trio is, it, it will be a good trio by the end of the season. I, I do think that I like it. I like the future of that position group, uh, that trio in particular. All right, let's uh, move on to uh, some questions here. Uh, let's talk about Casey Thompson. Over, under for passing yards for Casey Thompson at 3,100. Derek, what do you have? Oh, I went back and forth on this one. Uh, I'm going to go under slightly here. And reason being is, so I went back and looked. We've only had two quarterbacks pass for more than 3,100 yards. And that was Tanner Lee in 2017 with 428 attempts. He ended up with 3,143 yards. And he, so he barely got over 3,100. And then Zach Taylor back in, I think, 2006 or seven, I can't remember which year it was. And he threw for 3,197 yards on 391 attempts. That's the only two guys I could find. It. I mean, Tommy Armstrong was the next closest. And I think he threw for 3,030 yards uh, in 2015. I think you're forgetting the number one guy, Derek, and Joe Gans. I think Joe I Gans was 3,500. Did he? Okay. So, so, okay, so there's been three, three guys, guys in yeah, my lifetime. I mean, lifetime. to your point, yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, I, mean yeah. I, I didn't notice him in, in, when I went through the went through the years, but okay, fine. So there's three guys that have gone over 3,100 yards. I just I don't know that we're going to do that. Tyler? I went over. Um, I, again, I think this was a really, really solid line. I did go back and forth, Derek. I think that you're online. I, I think that's a lot of yards to expect. It might take a bowl game to get him over. No, that's that regular season. Regular season, 3,100. Well, that caveat changes it. 
If if we're gonna say regular season, I guess I'll go under. And, I think it might. Yeah, everything's gonna be regular season from here on out. If uh, I ask a question, yeah, regular okay. season only. Okay, so yeah, then I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna flip it to under. I, I think he puts up a lot of yards. I think to your point, that's a lot of passing. I do think we're gonna be playing into our defense a little bit this year. Um, I do think our passing attack is gonna be favorable, but yeah, I don't see. I don't. I just don't see the 400 yard passing yard games from this offense this year. All right, I'm going over. I'm going to stay true to uh, what I said on the uh, uh, Generation Red podcast where we did the live stream with them. I went over for that. I think we're getting he'll average like 275 a game. So to get 3100, you're averaging 259 a game. Adrian Martinez averaged 260 last year, and I think that uh, Casey Thompson, if he stays healthy all through 12 games. He's going to exceed that by a significant, not a significant margin, but he'll he'll exceed it. I I, I like the over of thirty one hundred for Casey Thompson. All right, let's talk about the leading rusher, Derek. Who do you think is going to be our leading rusher this year? Won't be a I won't Anthony, be a quarterback. I went with Anthony Grant. I I think he's probably your your number one running back to start the year. I and I think most of the year. I I think he'll be successful, and I think he'll keep his starting position. Uh, there's going to be a lot, a lot of runs going through a lot of running backs here. I, I don't think he's going to probably be uh, going over all the other running backs by a ton, but I think he will lead. Tyler. Yeah, I agree with Anthony Grant. I, now, I don't necessarily know if he's going to be the week one starter. Um, I, I do think that that's still debatable for him and Ramir Johnson. Um but I do think that he will eventually take that spot. Um, I, I do. I, 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 I will say. I will say this, Tyler. Whether he's a starter or not, I believe he will take way more snaps at running back than Ramirez Johnson will. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I think that he's a better long play. I think that Ramirez Johnson is good. I think that Anthony Grant has the potential to be really good. I think that whether he gets the most carries week one, most snaps week one, whatever stat you may be, I think over the long haul of the season, it is his. Um, so I, I do like the Anthony Grant. I'm taking Grant as well. Tyler, are we going to have a 1,000-yard rusher? No, I do not see that happening. Derek? Not even close. There, there's too many running backs going to be taking carries. I don't, I don't see a running back getting enough carries to get to a thousand yards. So I have Anthony Grant pegged at about 800 yards. Does that sound reasonable or is that too high? I'd say around 700, but I, I could see maybe 800. Do you have a thought on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in line with you guys. I think I have two running backs hitting over that 500 yard mark um, this season. And I think but yeah, I, I was kind of in line with Derek around that 700 mark. Okay. Let's talk about the leading wide receiver. Uh, who, who's that going to be, Tyler? I like Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer. Uh, when I look at this wide receiver depth chart, like he is the number one guy. I think two through five is really close. I think six and seven are close. Um, you know, Ramir Johnson. I don't know. He might be in that conversation too. But like Trey Palmer's number one. I think he is going to be that guy. He knows Mickey Joseph. He knows what he expects. Um, I have the most faith in him of any wide receiver i think he is that guy derek i went with marcus washington I, I he's come on very strong in this fall camp he already has some chemistry with uh 
Casey Thompson. He's in his career been much of more of a down down uh, field threat than what Trey Palmer's done in his career. Uh, I I like Marcus Washington. I I know that Trey Palmer's going to make some plays. I think he'll have a lot of yards, but I, I think Marcus Washington will just out, edge him out a little bit. Yeah, both are great picks. Uh, I went back and forth between those two, but I settled on Trey Palmer there. Now, uh, true or false, Nebraska will have a wide receiver with over 800 yards, Tyler. I went true. I think Trey Palmer gets there. Okay. Derek? I'll say true. I I think you might have two of them. Two wide receivers over 800 yards. So so, to put that into perspective, okay, uh, Samori Toure had – 898 yards receiving last year. A lot of bodies. You think we get two over 800? I think it's possible. Okay. I just don't know. Everybody keeps talking about the the six guys, but we hear it every year, and I have yet to see us have six guys that we could throw the ball to. Yeah. And I I, I think once you get past those top two two receivers, I think the numbers will drop off considerably. You see like a 2009, or was it 2018 when both J.D. and Stanley both did I have false. I don't know if we have a single guy that is going to separate himself that much to get over 800 yards. Uh, I think there's just a whole bunch of above average guys or average to above average guys. I don't know if we have a guy that has, uh, can separate themselves yet. Yet. Uh, Bo sacks. Derek. I'm going to go with Garrett Nelson. Uh, I think O'Shawn Mathis can get double teamed a lot this year, and, and Nelson might very well too. But I also looked at what they've done over their over their careers, and Garrett Nelson has gotten considerably better each and every year. Where Mathis had a really strong twenty twenty season and kind of fell off in twenty twenty one. So I'm going to go with Garrett Nelson. I think he continues to grow. I think he continues to get better. Uh, Tyler. Echo. I mean, I think you said it really well. Every point I was going to make, uh, Mathis did have a little bit of a downturn in 2021. I think especially early in the season, he's going to have a lot more eyes on him um, than maybe Garrett Nelson might. And I think Garrett Nelson has consistently gotten better every single year. I think his motor doesn't quit. I also think he'll actually just take more snaps in Mathis. I think Mathis will probably be off the field because I don't know entirely what to expect from him in like a second down uh, you know, some of these more in-between down type plays and maybe you might get just more snap count for Garrett Nelson that gives him that that uh, that chance too. So, yeah, I have, uh, I have Garrett Nelson as well. I mean, he's he is probably my favorite Husker on the 2022 team. I'm not probably. into... Yeah. Probably. I mean, should I say... Who's your second choice? I mean, is it Garrett... Nelson and Garrett Nelson again. I mean, probably. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've never owned. I don't know if I've ever owned a Husker jersey in my life. I, I, I'm not a jersey type of guy. Uh, but if I were to get a, a a jersey, it'd be 44 Garrett Nelson. I mean, it would be. I mean, he's he's favorite Husker. I, I rooting for the guy. Uh, so to follow this up, uh, does he get to double digit sacks this year? He had six and a half last year. Does he get to double digits, Tyler? Yeah, I think so. Think so, Derek. I'm a, I'm gonna lean towards no. I think he gets around nine. Nine, okay. Just, I, just just short, just short of it. I think he gets to ten. And part of me, a slight part of me, 
wants to say that we get two guys two double digits this year. But maybe that's don't me know thinking you, too high of the pass rush. I don't, I, I don't know if we're going to have enough teams passing the ball enough for that to happen. Yeah. When you get to you get to the Minnesotas and Wisconsin's, they're not going to throw the ball a lot. Right point. You. you get to the Iowa, they're not going to throw the ball a lot on you. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to get a lot of sacks against Purdue and Oklahoma. Oklahoma. You know, it helps with sacks getting up on some games. True. And we True. have some opponents that we might be able to do that on. Yeah, that's fair. Sure do. All right, uh, moving along. Uh, most interceptions. Who gets that, Derek? I went with Miles Farmer. And the only reason I went with Miles Farmer is because he's the only returning secondary guy that we have that has an interception. <laughs> I mean, Omar, Omar Brown I know has some, but it was at Division One AA level. And I, I just – Farmer's the only one returning that's had any interceptions. He has three of them in his career. So I, I'm going I'm to stick with Farmer. Scientific method right there. Tanner, most interceptions. I'm going to go Tommy Hill. I, I think that um... – when you look at overall corners, I think uh, Quentin Newsom is going to be a little bit better. I think with Tommy Hill, you might see a little bit more uh, like boom or bust with him, where he might get blown up on a couple coverages and maybe give up a deep ball here and there. But I think he's the guy that he's just a, more of a playmaker. I think he's going to come up with some picks. Um, I, I I don't know. I've, I've been high on this Tommy Hill bandwagon since day one. I'm, I'm, I'll, 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 I'll say this. I, I believe that Quentin Newsom will have more interceptions than Tommy Hill. And the reason being is I think Quentin Newsom will get picked on a little bit more. Ooh, interesting. Wow, really? I think okay. Quentin Newsom is going to be a better corner than Tommy Hill. I, I think he will be too, but I think, I think people are going to look at his film from last year and think they can get away with more. So I think earlier in the season he can come up with a few more interceptions. Well, at least he has film to pick apart. I mean, Tommy Hill doesn't have much film. <laughs> Uh, so most interceptions for me, I'm going with Miles Farmer. I mean, give me give me the safety. You know, uh, he's demonstrated. I'm going to use the scientific method that Derek did. He's proven himself that he's a ball hawk, and with more playing time, I just think it's just going to be, you know, he's going to hawk that ball a little bit more. Side uh, note, side note, I almost went with Luke Reimer for that stat. Did you really? I thought about it. That would be interesting. I, I don't even know. Has a linebacker ever <laughs> led the team, led a team in interceptions? I don't know, but it'd be cool. Only on bad defenses that happens, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that. Uh, most tackles, Tyler. Luke Reimer. I mean, th- this is where he gets it. I mean, he led the team in tackles last year. There's no reason to believe, shy of injury, he won't do it again. Um, I don't have anything else to say on that, Derek. I'll say Luke Reimer as well. I I will say I don't know if he tops the 109 that he had last year, just due to the fact that we're going to rotate and he's not going to get quite as much playing time. That's fair. Yeah, I'm going. To, I'm going to go a little bit different route here. I'm going to go with Nick Henrik. Uh, Luke Reimer. He's played you know a year and a half. Uh, he's gotten better exponentially each year. But Nick Henrik, this is his last year. Was his first full year. And I think he's going to take off this year. I mean, that dude, he, he's been impressive to me thus far. You know, like with spring camp, which year out of in spring. Both of those guys are going to be solid. And I know that they're going to be racing to see who gets the most tackles. And Nick Henrik, he's pretty damn competitive. So uh, I think he's going to get there. Uh, newcomer of the year, Tyler. There's a lot of names you could pick for this. I mean, so they're, we should they're... specify what newcomer of the year means. Tyler, 
sand. So this is the first year in Nebraska. This is going to be your first year in Lincoln. And this is important if you're a historian of the Husker Cuzcast. Because I think in the past, we've seen Justin go out and name like red shirt freshmen that have been on the roster and he's gone he's I'll, gone rogue. Red, red, red shirt red shirt juniors who are expected to start this year. Yeah, I will yeah. pick a guy that never played before or is yeah. limited action. Yeah. Yeah. So J- Justin will do this. So, so this is your first year and again there there's still a lot of names. Um I I think you guys are going to go a different direction than I am on this. So I feel comfortable saying this but Oshan Mathis and you're like, man, different direction. That seems like an obvious choice. Well, I, I think we're going to hear a couple other names maybe coming out here. But I I just, I like our pass rush. I, I mean, this won't be the last time you hear me say this on the podcast tonight. But this pass rush, guys, is going to be the most exciting thing that Nebraska has seen in a long, long time. And Osan Mathis, I think, is a big part of that. So Tyler, say it. Just say NASCAR. I'm thirsty. Say it. <laughs> You have to wait for that. <laughs> Talk to me dirty, Tyler. Say NASCAR. <laughs> no NASCAR for you. <laughs> I'll drink that. Dale <laughs> All right, Derek, <laughs> your newcomer of the year is? I, I got to go with him. My guys, I just have to. The guy who handles the ball every single play, Casey Thompson. I He's going to – every offensive snap, he's going to have his hands on the ball. He's going to control this offense. I – I expect to see him have a pretty damn good year. I think it'll happen. Okay. Tyler, I went with O'Shawn Mathis also. I I think uh, with that pass rush, that combination that they have there with Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner, I mean, I just think this is this is going to be a coming-out party of the Big Ten for O'Shawn Mathis, and he's going to light it up. I, I'm shocked. My face jaw. I thought we'd have some special teams love by somebody here. Um <laughs> No, no punter love on the podcast tonight. I, I, I really don't think we're going to be punting very much. Um, that's my goal. Yeah. What about kicking? No, we don't need it. We just make your two. extra points. It, it, it's, it's, a Mark Whipple. it's a Mark Whipple offense. We're going to be better in the red zone. <laughs> going going for two? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, yeah. Oh, Go, going yeah. seven of nine field goals isn't going to turn me on at all. I, I mean, I, I, mean I, I will say this. Casey Thompson is a really good choice. I do think that, I mean, Trey Palmer, Washington, both got love from us earlier. Tommy Hill's got love from us. We've mentioned a lot of transfers. Um, I, I don't know if we've glowed enough about what we've got in the special teams and how big of additions I think we've added there. So, uh, yeah, I thought for sure one of you two were going to do that. But, okay. All right, offensive MVP Derek is... Got to go with him again. I'm going to stick with Casey Thompson. Okay, He's going to touch the ball every time. He's it, We need him to go. We need him. We need his leadership. We need his throwing ability. Uh, he, he needs to take control of this offense and go with it. Uh, Tyler. Yeah, I got Casey Thompson, too. I mean, there, there's two reasons. I mean, one, he's a quarterback. Just by nature, I think that uh, quarterbacks have the best chance, too. And then, two, under a Mark Whipple offense – I just, and, and, and Scott Frost offense, whoever's offense you want to say, quarterback is key. Um, I, I don't think we have the running back. I don't think we have the wide receiver to be that guy that just tears the team apart. So it, it to me is Casey Thompson. Okay. I, I also want to talk about a little bit about the injury that he had last year and where the doctors are saying if they'd known the extent of his injuries, they'd just shut him down. 
They shut down Drew Brees one year because he tore one ligament in his hand. And Casey Thompson finished out the year with two torn ligaments in his hand. And he finished out the year. And now that he's healthy, I, I expect to see what we saw at the beginning of the year for Texas. Yeah, you went under on passing yards. Well, because I think we're still going to run the ball a lot. I, I'm not. I'm not in this the same boat as everybody else. I think we're just going to be this pass happy team and throw the ball forty times a game. I, I just don't see that happening. I don't believe Scott Frost signed on for that. All right, my offensive MVP is Ramir Johnson. I think he's going to account for twelve plus touchdowns on this offense, whether it's running back or catching the ball. Uh, he's going to be the Swiss Army knife, and I'm buying into it. So give me Ramir Johnson. Defensive MVP, MVP, Tyler, when you're done yawning, because I'm boring you. Ramir Johnson, that was uh, nice, boring. No, Garrett Nelson. Let's get me excited again. Let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Garrett Nelson. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, again, I, I mean, this, he's going to lead the team in sacks. Um, I, I, yeah, I got him as the guy. Derek. I love Garrett Nelson. I love Garrett Nelson. I love Garrett Nelson. I'll say it three times. Uh, Garrett Nelson will miss some tackles. Garrett Nelson, Garrett Nelson has the best motor on this team, and he will make some sacks, and he's going to do some great things. But there's one guy who just doesn't miss, and that's Luke Reimer. He doesn't miss. He's just a solid player week in, week out. And I got to give him my MVP because I, I, while he may not be the biggest vocal leader, He's going to still lead this team by example, and he's going to make the plays that he needs to make. Yeah, I'm with you, Derek. I have Luke Reimer as a defensive MVP as well. It's, you know, his tackling ability, his ability in coverage, pass breakups, ability but, to get to the quarterback. I mean, he can do it all. And, and that's the thing. The like, I, I, I read you his stat line, three forced fumbles. Like, yeah. that that's pretty good. I mean, he has six pass breakups. Like, the guy just does everything, and – that's what. That's why he's got. To me, he's got to be your MVP. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, Derek, give us your bold prediction for 2022. Man, I got three of them, but I'll stick with this one. So, <clears throat> here's my bold prediction: We will have more rushing yards in the first three games than we do passing yards. Wow. Okay. Because I and here's why: I think that. Uh, Northwestern's uh, run defense was atrocious last year, so I think we'll run the ball against them a ton. And then you get to North Dakota and you get to Georgia Southern, you're going to outman both those teams. And there's no reason not just to run it down their throat and get those games over with. Okay. I like that. Tyler, your bold prediction for 2022? That we will finish in the top 10 in the country in sacks. With the NASCAR package, oh drink. Way. No, I, I get, I, and again, like when we talk about that, like you have to realize that Nebraska hasn't. This isn't something Nebraska's done a lot of. I mean, I tried to find if we've done that. Um, this is this would be unprecedented for Nebraska in the last in the two thousands. So um, the closest thing we've done was when Sue was around, and we didn't finish in the top ten in sacks when he was around. So just so I know what that number looks like in 2021, what was what? How many sacks did you need? Thirty nine. You need to get thirty nine sacks to be yep. in the top ten. 
I think we had we had what twenty last year. Yep. Well, okay. So every year, Garrett, if if I think Garrett Nelson is going to double and he's going to get ten sacks, I think Oshawn Mathis definitely has the capability of putting up eight sacks. I mean, then you start looking at guys like filling in, like Caleb Tanner, Ty Robinson, Luke Reimers. I can see all those guys getting three to five sacks. I, it just you start, and then you look at the other guys on the roster. You get some corner blitzes in there. You get some other things. I, 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 and I know, I know the argument is teams aren't throwing the ball a lot. Yeah, I get it. I, the, the, the if you want to talk about sack percentage, I think is going to be high. I just, I, I am buying in that this is just a special pass rush. I think part of the reason why our offensive line has just looked like garbage in camp is because they're playing against the best pass rush in the country. And if if we were in the Big Twelve, we probably may lead the country in sacks. How much bourbon have you had tonight, Tyler? Not enough, but uh, that that's not about this take at all. I, I just I, I again I I like well, this. I, I, like I, this. I, I will say I, I'll I'll say this. That is Grant Winstrom, Christian Peter numbers right there. Yeah, they had they had I believe eighteen sacks in ninety seven together. And I think that Oshawn Matthews, Garrett Nelson could do that as a duo. Okay. That is, that is bold right there. We're we're gonna keep tabs on that one. And again, if we end up with like two sacks against Northwestern, I might start crying. But uh... <laughs> it's a good possibility. It uh, is because they're gonna try and run the ball on us a lot. So we're gonna have to take a big lead on them for them to start throwing it a lot. My bold prediction for 2022 is this will be Eric Shenander's last year as defensive coordinator at, at Nebraska. I think with you know when you listen to him talk. The way he carries himself, he he just he, he handles the media so well. Uh, I think he's ready for the next step, and whether that next step is a head coaching position, which you know, if the defense is as good as what we all think it's going to be, somebody's going to be knocking on the door for him to become a head coach, or somebody a bigger program is going to try to poach him away for a lot more money as a DC. Uh, but I just think this is going to be his last year. I think I'd probably give it more credence to him getting a head coaching job because I, I really think he's ready. I, I think he's ready for it. Uh, but, yeah. Tyler, you kind of had an interesting take on that also, right? Well, I mean, I, I, I think that's a good take. I think it's an interesting take. I mean, I either our defense is what we think it's going to be, and that'll be great. Or our defense isn't what we think it's going to be, and that may spell trouble for the overall coaching staff. So I, I, I just, I mean, it. it I mean, I, I just think that, yeah, I, I think that's a good take that this really does shake up the B. Maybe and, and I think there was speculation last year, yeah, that he might. I think there was with all the improvements we had seen. I thought there was there was some good speculation last year that maybe he might try to go to a smaller school. And again, I don't think he's going to get a power 5 head coaching job. I don't think he's going to make that kind of jump, but yeah, I, I again, when you're top 10 in the country in sacks, like yeah. people are going to be talking. Damn right. All right, uh Derek, your biggest trap game of 2022 is Oh, I don't know. I went I went back and forth on this one too. Uh, originally I was saying North Dakota with all the travel and everything. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to stick with Rutgers. I think 
Uh, you're coming off a game from Indiana. You're going on the road. It's a Friday night game, short week, uh, and you got you got at Purdue the following week. Uh, so I'm going to say Rutgers is probably my trap game. Good one. Uh, Tyler. I had Indiana. Um, I think that Oklahoma game is a, such a key game. It's going to be, by all accounts, probably a top 10 matchup. I think either you win and you risk an emotional letdown or you lose and you do worry a little bit about getting up for that Indiana game where I do think Indiana is going to be a little bit better than people. a lot of people expect. Um, I think that that's my biggest trap game. The only reason I'll disagree with you on that is there's a bye week in between. And I, you got two weeks to go over that game. Right? I, I know, but you got to do it. If you beat Oklahoma, or I mean, again, I just think that's going to be a very emotional game. I mean, I mean, there, there's going to be a lot of. I think it's just a, it's going to be an emotional game, and and again, I think a lot of it has to do with what my respect for Indy. Again, I say respect like I think they're going to make a bull or something, but I think Indiana is going to be better than the three and nine garbage that a lot of people think they're going to be. Well, Derek, you're going to hate my trap game because I went for the following bye week and I went with Illinois. And the only reason, well, several reasons. I think up to that point, there's a good chance that Nebraska is going to have a pretty strong record headed into that bye week. Uh, we got They got Minnesota the following week. And, uh, you know, Illinois, they're coming off their bye week as well. But with Minnesota coming up, I mean, I think there could be the chance where, you know, Nebraska, they don't perceive Illinois to be as good this year because I don't know what their record will be at that point. I don't I don't know if it will be good. I know Illinois beat the shit out of Nebraska the last two years. Yeah, I, I would that's say why, beat the shit, but they have beat us the last two years. That's so why I, I don't that's think why, so. That's why I don't think so either. Is that, I think they will be focused for that game because they don't want to lose a third year in a row. I Illinois. just think – Looking forward to uh, Minnesota on the road is there. It's a good possibility. Let, let, let's let's be fair here. This team is not going to be good enough to be looking forward to anybody. Like you uh, need to be focused on every team. Well, I, I agree with that. I do agree with that. I, I do think the point is interesting though. That there there is we're about to get in the predictions here, and and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but there is a good chance that Nebraska will be favored in six of the first seven games. You could argue five out of the seven, but I mean, right now, I bet Vegas would have us with five out of seven, if not six out of the least, seven yeah. first. So, I mean, if if Vegas is right, you're going to have a really good record ahead of you. And and you're right, Illinois, and not disrespecting Illinois, but if you're looking at the last five games of Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Iowa, like Illinois is the one team that doesn't belong in that conversation. Um. I mean, I. Well, you talk about being favored by Vegas. You know, there's a possibility they could be favored against Oklahoma. If Oklahoma were to struggle a little bit in their first two games, and Nebraska looks good, I mean, hell, that that line opened up when the early lines came out. They were only like three point underdogs to Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly. I guess that even just I guess echoes it. There, <coughs> I think all three of these games have been really good ones. I. The Rutgers one's a really good pick too, Derek. I do think that short week is a just especially. I mean, again, especially if things are going really well. Like, I mean, when you're talking about a trap game, usually what you're talking about is a team that you overlook for a reason. And again, 
all three I think all three the thing about all three of these teams is I think all three of them are just just good enough to scare you like they're just good enough to be like yeah you gotta pucker the butthole a little bit like yeah uh all right let's get into the house record for 2022 so last week we did our over unders for all the big 10 west teams as we did for the east the previous week so they set the over under uh, for Nebraska at seven and a half. Let's talk about the over under first. Tyler, what do you have Nebraska going over under seven and a half? I got us over. Um, you know, last week I talked about how tough or how easy I guess I thought the West was. I think most of those predictions I made off the top of my head. I think this is probably the best line of any of the Big Ten West teams. I think Vegas really got it on the head here. Um, I just ultimately do think over um, with with the possibility of maybe a couple games over. Um, I, I do think that's definitely on the table, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to give us an over here. Uh, Derek? I'm going over. Okay. I have under. I have, uh, yeah, under seven and a half. Uh, Tyler, what are some of the losses that you think that are real possibilities? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll say my four losses that I think I had down. Um, I, I, I will go in kind of a reverse order here. I got Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, Minnesota, and Purdue. Uh, the reason why I did that order is because I feel like I've been very critical of Purdue on this podcast. I do think Purdue, uh, even though they are a pass-happy team, I do think they do really well at protecting the quarterback. Um, it is on the road. It it does seem like I've talked shit about them enough just for not to come back in my face. So I do think that's like the one loss at the end of the season you look back on and you're like, that's that's one you wish you had back. So that those are my four losses. So eight and four. Derek, what about your losses in record? Uh, I have us at nine and three. I, I have us losing probably to Oklahoma. I, I think that's still a tough game. Uh, the talent there, they still out talent us by a pretty good margin. Uh, and then I have us losing to Michigan because I, I just, again, they're they're more talented than us. They got, they 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 have a little bit too much for us. And and Wisconsin, I'm not going to pick us to beat Wisconsin until we prove we can do it. Okay. So I originally had us going six and six this year, but when I was doing all of this uh, on our schedule here, marking it up wins losses, I actually had us going seven and five, which surprised me uh, with the losses to Oklahoma. But I also have us losing the final four uh, from Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Uh, seven and five is still a pretty decent year considering what where Nebraska's been. Uh, so yeah, I mean, six or seven wins. That's, uh, where I'm taking, I think getting to eight is going to be tough. We're going to have to see a lot of things go right with this team. We talked about areas where we're least confident. There's so many areas, I mean, between a coaching staff that has to gel, all the new faces that we have on offense, uh, the, the new system, an offensive line. Uh, a tight end depth, you know, and even on the back end of the secondary, there's just so many question marks. There's so many things that have to go right 
to get to that eight or nine win level. And Scott Frost has not proved that he can exceed expectations by any means. So give me the under. Derek? Here's where I'm going to say I disagree with you is the fact that you think we can start strong. And and if we're, if we're sitting at seven and one, I, I just don't see us not gelling at that point. Like the coaches have figured it out. The tight ends have figured it out. Like we have shit figured out by that point. And I just don't see us going Oh, for four in those last four games. I, 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 I think, I think if we're rolling that good that we're seven and one. So man, which, I, there's gotta be so some, there's gonna be some. All, all we're talking about is Wisconsin, right? And then the two games. Which which team that outside of Oklahoma do we beat that is like makes you think that we're like, you know, it's called momentum, Justin. Like you 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 tend to build momentum with with more wins. Yeah. And and at seven, at seven wins, you've got some pretty good momentum going for you. Okay. I, I agree, and, and I guess where I'm at, Justin, is like. You know, I, sometimes as a fan, you sit there and say, gosh, the media, the experts, they don't know what they're talking about. They they, they just, they're wrong. They, they hate on my team. Well, I took a different approach. I listen to people that I think that are smarter than me. Um, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of the Pick 6 preview. They have us finishing second in the West. Adam McClintock, way smarter than all of us combined. Eight wins. You know, you, you see you see these people come out in these publications. Like, I, I listened to the Eyes on Big podcast last week, and they had a really great statement. Like, I feel like I just walked... Nebraska's walked up to a roulette table and has seen black 20 times in a row. Like, it's going to turn red. Um, and if it doesn't, then we all know how it's going to turn out. I just... I, I don't want to say that it's just been bad luck, because obviously we have made some of that bad luck, but I think we've done so much to address it. Like, I think that this is just a, this is not us doing the same thing and expecting different results. We are trying to improve. And I think when you look at this team and the schedule, like, again, we could trip up against uh, Rutgers. Like, we could definitely have a game we drop there. We could drop up a game against Northwestern. Like, that could happen. I just, Frost has never lost a team in his time in Nebraska. I think that he keeps them going, even if there is a slip up there. And there just isn't enough margin between these teams that we play. Like again, there's not a team with maybe the exception of Michigan that I think we'll lose to by more than double digits. Um, I think we'll be in games, and I think we could pull off a couple games where last year and the previous years we couldn't. Yeah. So, and, I, and, I, and I'll say the win that you're looking for, Justin, that you asked me earlier, just a, bit, a few minutes ago. It's Purdue. To me, Purdue. Yeah. Like I, I think that's a big win. I think that's a huge momentum builder. Yeah. Especially I, with what people are expecting out of Purdue. I, I, I'm just going to say this, Tyler. You know, talking about doing the same thing over and over. You know, expect different results. But when you introduce so many new variables to what you're doing, I mean, there's there's a chance for a little bit of chaos there, and things not going the way that you think it's going to be when you introduce all these new variables to the equation. And then also, and I, I, and get, I expect that to be more true during the beginning of the season than by end that. of season. So, but when you get into the last four games, it's not like I'm just like saying like the last four games are like you know I'm just saying we're just going to end in zero and four. I mean, those are four real teams that we have not had much success with at all. Uh, Minnesota Mich- at Michigan, Wisconsin and Iowa. We haven't beat Wisconsin and Iowa in years. We haven't beat Minnesota in three years. And 
and Michigan, I mean, I think Michigan's going to be better than what they were last year, and it's on the road. Better? They, they, they made the – so you got them win the national championship this year? I Well, I, I think I think they're going to be more competitive uh, in the playoff. I mean, I I don't know. I think they are so going to be a better making team. The playoff, you have them making the playoff? I might. How? When you had, yeah, you, had Ohio, you had Ohio State ahead of them. Hey, I mean, I mean, these are locked in stone. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think they could. I think they could. They could make the playoff. I mean, I, I again. Hey, Ohio I, State. I, they just lost their running back, right? I, I that's news break. I did not hear that. But that's, let's stay off Tra- that topic. Tra- I, I Travion Henderson got hurt. No, another guy. So their third string running back. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, I, I again, I we'll see. I mean, again, the the, the North. I I tend to agree with Derek, and I think we were kind of saying I I do worry about the gelling thing happening early in the season, and that's where you look at the games like Northwestern. Uh, that that could have been a trap game. I mean, it's crazy to think the first game of the season could be a trap game, but for how God, no I got give- freaking torched because I said Illinois was going to be a tor- a trap game last year, and they it we can't be a trap lost. game. But like I know, if, but if to, North- to, be, to be fair, I don't think either one of your guys can be trap games because when to me a trap game is between two games, not between a bye week and a game. But whatever. Anyway, I just I I, I do I I think we're we're gonna see um, not just maybe the passing game, but even the running game. I could. Derek, your your bold prediction is a great, interesting one because I I don't see that I I'm worried about the running game to start the season and gelling and yeah I mean there's just, there's a lot of new parts you're right Justin but I think the defense isn't new. All right, um, fi- final so. thing we got to rush through this guys uh, the Big Ten West standings. Uh, what do you have, uh, Derek? I have Wisconsin winning it. I have Nebraska number two. I have Iowa number three. I have Minnesota number four, Purdue five, Illinois six, and Northwestern last. Tyler? I got Iowa one, Minnesota two, Wisconsin three, Nebraska four, Purdue five, Northwestern six, Illinois seven. I think the top four teams all finish within a game of each other. Okay. I have Iowa number one, Wisconsin number two, and I have a three-way tie uh, between uh, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Purdue, all f- three of those teams at five and four in conference, and then I have Illinois at number six, and then Northwestern last at number seven. Was it was it a dead tie? Was there any tiebreakers, Justin? So I don't know how far in the weeds I have to go for a tiebreaker, but they uh, the head to head was like a rot you know they rotated. It was. <laughs> So, yeah, for the purpose of this, five and four, they're all uh, tied up, which is good for Nebraska. We've never finished that high before. You you couldn't take a stand and just say, hey, I like Nebraska. I'm going to put them third. So if I was going to do that, you wouldn't have liked where I had them because they would have been. Let's move out of here. Let's get out. (laughs) Yeah, they would have been at the bottom of the barrel. Okay. All right, let's get out of here. We went long. Everybody, if you're listening this late, thanks for listening. Special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go Big Red.